Hi, my name is Luis, a host here at Walking a Mile in My Shoes, a show where we take a closer look at the people that you walk by every day and get to hear their interesting story. Our guest today is going to be Tay Monet. Tay Monet is a drag entertainer, a native of Buffalo, and a transplant to Tampa. She's lived here for about 10 years and is now living her dream of becoming an entertainer. Let's hear more from Tay Monet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Uh, could you tell us your full name? Nicole Taylor-Levy, a.k.a. Taylor-Levy. Nice to meet you, Tay. Today we are going to be talking about what it's like to be walking a mile in your shoes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where you come from? Well, a little bit about myself. I'm 42 years old. Uh, born in Buffalo, New York. Um, grew up in Buffalo most of my life. Eight years ago, decided to move to Tampa, Florida uh, to further my drag career. Thank God it worked. Um, worked hard. Um, growing up, I went to Buffalo Academy of Visual Performing Arts. So I've always been in the arts mostly all of my life. Um, a dancer at a young age, a theater kid, music lover. Um, Found drag at the age of 15 quite by accident. Wow. Um, I was part of Gay and Lesbian Youth Services of Buffalo, uh, an organization for gay youth. And they were having this big event and they knew that me and my friends were dancers. They were like, no, it'd be kind of cool if you guys did drag. I really had no idea what the hell drag was. I was a little queer kid, but we were like, yeah, I remember they were going to give us 20 bucks to do it, which back in the day was like, what? It's a lot of money when you're That's a lot of money at uh, 15 years old. So we were like, hell yeah. Um, but not only did I find drag through that experience, I also found myself. Um, it was the first time I saw myself in kind of a, the, the female mirror. And um, I never looked back. I felt extremely comfortable and stayed right there in that moment. It was an experience of a lifetime, you would say. It was. <laughs> now, uh, you speak of Buffalo, New York. The transition from Buffalo to Tampa. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Was it difficult? Were you? Was it a pretty smooth move? Or well, I used to vacation here in Tampa. Is how kind of I became familiar with Tampa. I had a best friend who lived here. I would. I came at least three or four times before I actually moved here. The final time that I came on vacation, it was February of 2015. And I was dancing at a club and the club owner approached me and asked me, like, do you do drag and yada, yada, yada. And I said, yeah, of course I do drag. You know, from Buffalo working at Club Marcella. Shout out to Joey Marcella and everybody over at Club Marcella in Buffalo. Um, but he said, if you ever move here, I will hire you in a minute. Like, I, I will book you. That September, I got my opportunity and I packed up. My God, I think I had like two suitcases and $400 and moved really just with hope and prayers that things would go well. And, and coming to Tampa, did you have somewhere to come to? Yes. Or was it a- yes. My apartment that we're in now, I actually moved here uh, with two of my friend and his fiance at the time. And so they eventually, you know, wanted to move on and I ended up staying in my apartment. Eight years later, we're still here. Now, you speak of drag. Um, 
I'm pretty sure it's all consuming in a lot of your life, right? Or do you consider that just a hobby, a career? Oh, no. Drag is definitely, definitely a career. I let everyone know that I have, I'm blessed enough to have multiple careers. Drag helps pay the bills just as much as uh, my day job at the restaurant does. And if you could think of one thing that drag has done positively for your life and the door that is open, what, what would you say that would be? It's allowed me to love and it's allowed me to open myself up to a lot of love. Because of drag, I've met some amazing people and people who are still in my life and been in my life and people who I actually consider family now. So drag gave me a family in a lot, a lot of ways. Now, being in drag allows you to be in the spotlight, per se. You, mm-hmm. You're known around this town. You're known probably in a lot of circles mm-hmm. as you're a, a performer in them, right? So it gives you access to things like social media and being present on there. Do you feel that being or having that kind of presence makes you more loved or hated by others? Well, here's here's um, the way a very popular comedian put it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Those aren't real places. I use social media as an outlet to connect with people in my world, my family, my friends from high school, with a, a bevel of people. Facebook and social media allows me that. Um, I use it for work. I use it for branding. I use it to, you know, promote where I'm going to be. I have experienced backlash or bullying on the internet, but I really have to, and I think everyone really should have a healthy dose of reality that these are not real places. And although words hurt and words matter, you can, you can choose to turn that off. I can put my phone down. I don't have to let that in. So um, I've just always been very aware and cognizant of that. And knowing who you are, that's pretty confident. Not a lot of people, especially in the LGBTQ community, reach that level of being that comfortable with themselves. If there's something that you could change about yourself or about your past, what would it be? That is a good question. Oh, wow. There's something I could change about myself. I almost want to say that I wouldn't change a thing because I feel like the things that I've been through and the experiences that I've had shape the woman that I am. However, overall, I, I would change me not being so stubborn, kind of hard headed. I'm a Gemini and a woman. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that double. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but. Not to say that all women are stubborn, but just this one is. <laughs> now, we all have goals. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? In 10 years, I would love to be running my own restaurant. It's really become a dream of mine. Um, it's just something that I love, something that I'm very good at. Um, so I look forward actually soon, maybe even as early as next year, going back to school and uh, working on a degree and just really just getting into the thick of it all. Now, you speak of the working in a restaurant and doing drag. Is that your main source of your income and what you do, what you do for life? Yes, yes. Um, I'm an assistant and I run the floor at the restaurant, um, server. I, I do a lot. I wear a lot of hats in that restaurant. And I work with a bunch of amazing people, which, which really is what 
helps makes the day go by easier when you go to work and you know you're stressful restaurant it's stressful you know but um there is a bit of satisfaction that comes at the end of the day when everything's a mess but you know that you've basically fed your neighbors in your community and gave them a wonderful experience now i want to take a step back and talk about buffalo uh what was your what was your childhood life like growing up there my childhood life was um it was fun um, I come from a very eclectic and diverse family. Um, I, I, my family truly were very celebratory people. They were, uh, party people. Um, my grandmother worked in and ran a bar for years. So I, I grew up in a bar, really, uh, you know, going to visit her and, Sitting at the bar, I remember getting, you know, soda, listening to the jukebox, like, and as I talk about it, I could smell the bar. It and takes you back to that memory. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my, I come from a very, very supportive family and my childhood was really nothing short of amazing. We were not rich by any stretch of the imagination. And what I would say to people, I grew up in a household with me, my mom, my aunt, her kids grew up amongst all of my cousins and my aunts, which by today's standards would sound crazy, but I really do look back on that very, very fondly because before I ever had friends, I had family. And so my family were my best friends. And that experience was just amazing. It really helped shape me. Now, taking that nostalgia back there, you're there, you're smelling the bar. Mm -hmm. Who is the one person you can name that's standing there that had the most impact in your life? Your grandma, and how how would that how was that, that affected your life, or how was it that should change your point of view? My grandmother was uh, she was my best friend. She was sorry, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was my best friend, and um, she just really believed in wanting me to be the best version of myself. She herself loved music. She herself loved the arts. Um, I think she was a little godsmack when she realized that I was talented. I kind of remember the moment when like Eureka went off in her head and she actually is the reason why I'm a dancer. It was her who said, Hey, I'm putting you in dance classes because you're going to break one of my glass tables bopping around this house. Let's channel that energy in a positive way and put you into some dance classes and um, let's explore what's there. So uh, she really helped shape me. And she was my mom. I, I was raised by my grandmother. Now, I, I have a similar experience with my with my own mother. And, and I don't know if this ever happens to you, but do you ever start looking in the mirror and seeing that same face, their face and your face? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it grows on you, right? It grows. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I've always, I've always been my mother's daughter. Like always, I, you know, my mom, I come from a long line of very independent, strong women, but our genes are even stronger. You line us up, you know, we're a family. So now there seems to be a lot of success from what I hear in your life. What is one of the lowest points in your life and how did you come out of that? I would say that my battle with drugs, my battle with um, just making choices earlier in my life. There was a lot of situational drama and trauma that took place 
And um, a lot of it was just me, again, when I said earlier, to double back to just me being hard-headed. There was a lot that I didn't know about the world that I went about exploring it in a very unhealthy way. Um, I grew up in the 90s. We didn't have social media. We didn't have those things. You had to go out into the world and experience and meet people. And you had to literally bump your head in order to learn lessons. We did not have a lot of the information you know, self-help, those things that it just didn't exist. So the fact that I was able to um, pull myself with time, it took time. But when you want better for yourself, you do better for yourself. And it, I, it got to the point where I, enough was enough. And um, I just did something about it. Now, speaking of your, your faith, are you, are you a religious person? If so, what faith is that? Or I am, indeed. Um, a lot of people don't realize it, but I grew up in, my, in a very loving uh, Christian church and home. Uh, we, my, my family by no means were Bible leaders, but they were very faith-oriented people. Um, I attended church a lot as a youngster. It was something, as a youngster, it was something that I loved. I love church and um, I understand that not everybody's experience with religion was a positive one. I just happened to be lucky enough to be able to share that mind was. I, I, I always like to point out the difference between, you know, faith, um, worship and, you know, evangelism, which can sometimes be very dangerous in my opinion. When evangelists, they're, they're using the pulpit and they're using the word almost as a form of control and to oppress and to shame people. You know, the God that I love and I serve, you know, we were shaped in his image. That means all of us. Mm -hmm. So um, I hold that very close to me. It almost makes it sound like they're using it as a weapon and it's a, it's God is not a weapon, right? It's not. God is love. Exactly. You, lead with, you lead with love. You died for our sins and, you know, we should do our best. Now, we all think we're special these days, especially with social media, uh, makes us all feel like we're some sort of, uh, you know, point in the world. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the thing that makes you most unique? The thing that makes me most unique. Okay. That's a good question. But I think the thing that makes me most unique is my ability to relate to people. In a lot of ways, I'm like a chameleon put me into any situation and I'm going to thrive and I'm most importantly going to relate to people even people I disagree with um, I feel like sometimes in order to be heard you have to listen that goes both ways even if you hate what you're hearing if you're able to find common ground seize that moment you know meet that person there then hopefully you can have dialogue and conversation to agree to disagree, if nothing else. Now, thinking back on being raised in an open home with lots of love in this in this church, would you say that you learned that lesson from from the church you went to? Because from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like a typical Christian church where LGBT people would be unwelcomed, well, right? So it's a skill you learn, maybe. Hear me out. Um, my journey through religion really evolved as I got older. And I am very blessed. Buffalo has a very, it's odd that you even asked me this question. I literally was thinking about this before you came here. Buffalo has a very diverse religion, religious community. 
it's not just one, it's not just one um, dom- denomination and it's not just one thought. There are Unitarian churches, there are United churches, there are Methodist churches. In fact, there are, there's all of these places that you could worship where you're invited. I don't think I really experienced kind of um, that, that, that horrible dogma or stigma of religion until I got out of Buffalo and went to other places and was like, ooh, this, this church is kind of shady. You know, like this, I'm uncomfortable like this. I've, I've heard and seen sermons where I was like, oh no, there's what's going on here. <laughs> what, is, what is that? What are you doing? Like, that's not a loving message at all. So, um, yeah, once I, my, my childhood church, then turned into um, the United Church that I, I went to back home, and that involved into other, you know, denominations of churches that are very welcoming and the Episcopal, like just very open people. They there is gay priests, and so I guess I sought out what I needed. Still walking with God, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Now I've got to ask you this because I, I found this in almost every. LGBTQ person that I spoke to, including myself. We grow up in these small towns with great families, but we escape. What is it that you think that makes us want to get out of this town, even though there's so much love there for us? If I was going to be great, I needed more tools. And all the tools that I needed to be the Taimone that I am today, I wasn't going to get there. Either way, whether I stayed, I was going to have to get out and see the world. Um, it's very easy, especially in a small town, to be, you know, a big fish in a small pond. I always sought out to be amongst bigger fishes in an ocean. So, uh, I feel like if I can accomplish that, if I can at least get to dolphin status in the ocean with all of these whales and other big old animals, I'm the shit. Now, we all grow up wanting to be something, right? We all, when I grow up, I want to be me, it was a marine biologist. I suck at math, therefore I cannot be a marine biologist. As a child, looking back, what was the one thing that you were like, I'm going to be that when I grow up? I am that. You I'm are there. Entertainer. Yeah. So it's always been your dream to entertain and be on the stage. My first stage was at my family barbecues. My family would lose their minds and like literally prep me for holiday. You know, the barbecues on a Saturday, what you going to dance to? Da, 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 like, yeah, they, they were my perfect hype people. So, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, my first, there was never a doubt that I was going to do anything other than perform in some shape or form. And, and my cousins, they could tell you, like, all my family, like, that's what they did. They would just hype me that way. So, I, I accomplished. You're there. You're there. Now, I want to finish off with some Three pretty deep questions. One, what is the meaning of life for you? Two, what is the key to happiness? And three, are you happy with the life you're living? First question. What is the meaning of life for you? The meaning of life for me. I don't think I've quite figured it out. Um, I feel like that's, that's a question that maybe I might need to answer one day on my deathbed. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um, the meaning of life. I think that I have a purpose. I think we all have a purpose. And um, just by the sheer fact that I'm doing this interview, one of my purposes is definitely to educate, 
to educate me to uh to hopefully be the hope shot for someone out there. If me just being me helps one person, I feel like my lifetime has been validated because of that. If you can save one person, if you can inspire one person, if you can help a help a mom who might have a trans child understand, you know, or a family member and help them to be a little more empathetic and understanding and having someone to relate to like me. And I hear from you, and I, I noticed your age earlier. I won't repeat it, but I, I turned forty myself this year, and it was very enlightening. Uh, looking back at my life at this milestone, and thinking I'm not a kid anymore. Some things kind of make sense that my mom used to tell me when I was a kid. Did you have that same experience? Well, a couple of months ago, I, someone called me middle aged, and uh. <laughs> That that was a very rough Saturday, what I tell you. Um, but the, I I definitely think that was my eureka of because like, you don't feel it, right? No, not- I don't. Um, age is just a number. Um, I I look the way that I do. I think because my ancestors were just like we've been through a lot, so the least we can do for you is you know keep you young. I'll call them reparations. The skin is reparations or something, I guess. Um, but um, I just think it, it I think it, the older that I get, the more I just, I look back with reverence and I'm a lot more in, intentful on what I do today. I'm very, very, I purposely do things because I know, you know, I, I want to die tomorrow, but I don't have. It's a little more precious, 50 right? years. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know that that's not a thing. So I definitely car, carpe diem when I can. I seize the day. So leading on to the next questions, what do you think the key to happiness is? The key to my happiness, at least, again, this is a current theme with me, but love. The key to my happiness is really being able to be loved and to love on the people around me. You know, that's a safety net. Now, you sound like you had a very blessed life, family, you have friends, I've seen you, you're a force here in Tampa and in the entertainment business here. Um, you recently just did a pageant. Yeah. Can you tell me what the coming down of that is? So like, you're high, you're getting ready for it, it's there, it happens, now you're here. How do you feel? What is it? What's the next step for you? The, the doing of the pageant, um, I jumped into that pageant 30 days, um, before, you know, the actual event. And, um, I was coming out of a place, um, earlier this year. I had a job that I hated. I lost a cousin of mine who was my sister. She was like my best friend. And I, we lost her very suddenly. And the same week, literally, her mom ended up getting sick and being in the hospital, one of my favorite hands. And um, 
that took me to a very dark place. It took me to a place where I literally had to scratch my way out of that darkness to look for something to lift my spirits up, lift myself up, and in a way, honor my cousin. And when the pageant idea came up, I said, you know what? This is perfect. Because when loser draw, I can redefine, rediscover myself, and hopefully grow and possibly win. Came first runner up, but jumping in a pageant 30 days before it and first runner up out of seven girls, I will take it. I'm not complaining. But most importantly, I got to see my friends smile. I looked into the audience and there was Daphne Ferraro and there was Marvella and there was all of these people, my friend Victoria, or, you know, there were all of these smiling faces and I knew that they knew what I had been through. And to see me in that moment, it was a win for all of us and it was a way for me to at least move on to the next chapter. So the come down now that it's over, what's next for me is growth, to continue to grow, continue to, um, to hop in there. Uh, I think this pageant showed me that I can do it. So, uh, look out for me for, uh, you know, a pageant near you. Miss Claude Marcella, coming near you. Miss US of A, coming near you. And so the final question here, are you happy with the life you're living? Yes. It's a life that I built and I did it my way. And, um, I couldn't imagine living any other life. I'm not rich, but I'm me and I'm comfortable and happy. And, um, I love, um, that's right alright I want to thank you for sitting down and talking to us everybody uh, this is Tay Monet